everybody, welcome back to Heater Dynasty Podcast. And uh, I made the mistake the last time of cutting it off too early. So I'm going to keep talking so that I can play the whole intro song. All right? Cool. Yeah. Was that enough time? I sure hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, this week we are talking about the New England division. We're going to be breaking that division down team by team and giving you our analysis of what makes a good team in a dynasty league and what makes a bad team. And uh, But first, I want to start with a segment that I think went pretty well last week. Don't you, Mark, the 60-second salesman? I like that. I like yeah. that last week. Cool. Let's see how much you like it this week, though, because we're turning the tables. You have to answer the question this week, and I will be timing you. I thought that was your segment. I thought I always asked you. Yeah, well... Not today, my friend. Are you ready for your question? Nope. <laughs> All right. So, um, ready or not, your question is, explain to us in 60 seconds why your league should have a super flex. And go. Okay. Um, all right. So, for quarterbacks, you got 12 teams. You're starting 12 quarterbacks a week. Pretty much just the elite category um, that are starting each week. You're going to have starting quarterbacks there on waivers to pick up, um, just to pick up and toss in the lineup. Um, so trying to add a little more uh, decision-making, a little more um, tough decisions in that process. Like when we think the running backs, sometimes you got to start the, you know, rough running back in there if, if things are going bad. So you just have to, Make tough decisions. It's all about pre-planning, being proactive, and getting those guys on draft day to have some depth. You get hurt. You get bye weeks. Got to make those tough decisions. But if things do go awry, you still have the option of putting in, you know, another position in that slot um, that it allows you to make your team how you want. A little more customization. Cut. All right. Not too shabby. Not too shabby for your first try. Um, I mean, I already was bought into the Superflex, but as of now, you didn't, like, do such a poor job that I don't want it anymore. Would you say you're super bought into the Superflex? I would not. Okay. But mostly just because, I mean, I am super bought in, but I just didn't like your analysis. But, um, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) this is going great already, guys. I'm so happy. (laughs) Um, so, if you had it, haven't had a chance, we just released our video of our projected rankings for this upcoming season. We broke down each game, each matchup, and picked our winners and losers. And from that, we've come up with our rankings for uh, Mark and I, our consensus rankings of the 2020 season. So, consensus rankings, begrudgingly, we have Mark at the top with 10 wins. Uh, then Al Beasy comes in second with nine wins. Myself in third for nine wins. We all know Mark, eight and a half wins. John Staggers, seven and a half wins. Seymour, seven and a half wins. Burke Holder, six and a half wins. Ben Chapman, five and a half wins. GM Newell, five wins. Woofooty Hulk, four wins. Connor, with four wins, and Pinoer with a measly one and a half wins. 
Um, if you disagree, do it yourself. Come on here and defend it. Tell us we're wrong. We'll love it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, But today, we're focused on four teams that make up the New England division. And we're going to start with our top-ranked player, Al Beasy. So I'll handle Al Beasy here. Um, he was one, when I was first looking at his team, it didn't jump off the table to me. But the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. Like, that starting lineup, it's quality. Like, Drew Brees, Kamara, Jacobs, Godwin, and his meteoric rise last year. Though I don't know why that's a phrase. I've never seen a meteor rise. But I wanted to use it. Is it a phrase? Um, I don't think so. I, it up? <laughs> I think you made it up, dude. I'm not sure what you're trying. What are you trying to say? So meteoric rise, um, like, yeah, I don't know, dude. But so significant of a rise. No, I mean I understand the concept. So I mean, I guess it's effective. Meteoric. Get it? Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Cooper touchdown catching cup. Um, Michael Gallup. Jared Cook, Mark Ingram, Jared Goff, running out the starting roster. There really isn't a hole or a gap in there as I'm looking at it. Um, looking at our strength by position, um, I got him at uh, seven quarterback. You have him at nine. Um, and running back, both got him up there at three. Receiver, uh, I think this is where we make a little bit uh, bigger difference. I have him at seven. You have him at four. Um, tight end, both at nine, flex at three. Yeah, I um, guess I guess that's where I would challenge you, Mark, is um, <laughs> with Chris Godwin's meteoric rise, right. as you said. Um, wh- why do you have him so much different? Because uh, with Chris Godwin and Cooper Cup, Michael Gallup, wh- expand on that a little bit for me. Yeah, so this, so I think the top three are very good. Well, yeah, I think Gallup, I have him at 1B in Dallas okay. as like on their roster. So probably like wide receiver two for me. Um, so I think the three are quality. I just think once you get the four, I don't think Judy's going to have it um, right away. I think I, I think there's a big drop off behind there. So it's more of a depth ranking okay. for me. Um, so if something happens, and that's kind of what I feel like for his whole team. I feel like if Kamara Jacobs goes down, Ingram, you know, is still quality, but if Dobbins overtakes him at some point, like, you know, he can get pretty thin there. Um, so, yeah, more of a depth thing for me, for his okay. team. Yeah, no, that um, makes sense. Um, I, I guess for me, I I see um, his bench a little bit stronger than you do, I guess, um, because I do think Jerry Judy is going to have a good season. Uh, I think he's going to start off a little slow, um, but have a good back of the season just because of uh, the restricted practices with COVID and everything. I don't think he's going to have um, the ability to just hit the ground running. Um, but I mean, the reports from Camper that he is just like destroying their secondary. And um, we'll is see. that him or is that their secondary? It's the Broncos. So, I mean, it's not the worst. Um, and then for me, I just have Sterling Shepard. And Darius Slayton, since they're both the Giants there, I just kind of greet them as one. I think between the two of them, one of them is going to have to catch something because 
there's only so many uh, so many options there on that field. So you got Golden Tate and you have Evan Ingram that could possibly cut in. But um, oh, and you know Saquon Sparkly. See, you got me. <laughs> I did it. I'm in. Um, but I, I honestly think that between those two, one of them should work out to be at least a decent um, fill-in for whenever those bye weeks come. So I think that's just the discrepancy that I see there. But Yeah, I think it's going to be solid. Next few years, I think long-term, you may have some, some holes to fill. Um, yeah, he's got, a, but... he's got a little older of a roster, for sure. Um, but, I mean... If your leaves can play forever, then he'll be fine. Um, and then Jared Cook um, will just need some new like titanium body parts, I'm sure, in the next couple of years. But, um, I mean, other than that, he's pretty young. Jared um, Cook's both young, I think. Always interesting to see what happens in the running back field with their shelf life yeah. or not. Um, both of them getting hurt last year may just be anecdotal. I'm a little concerned about Kamara's long-term health, um, football-related. But, but given that argument, he has A.J. Dillon, and, yeah. uh, you know, Aaron Jones isn't going to last forever either, and, I mean, they picked him pretty high in that draft, so mm-hmm. the Packers, I don't know what they're doing in the draft, but um, hopefully they know what they're doing in the draft and making their decisions in favor of A.J. Dillon. But we'll see. Uh, all right, should we move on to yours truly, Eric Heater? Let's, let's get the defense. <laughs> all right. So, here's my defense. All right, so with my team, I think the reason that my team is going to hold up and come into second place this year has everything to do with COVID. My team has a much deeper bench than... Uh, the rest of the competition this year. I don't see any true like studs on my team, with the exception of possibly Devontae Adams this year, who I think could be the overall wide receiver one, um, if the stars align correctly. Um, but outside of him, there's no real flashy players on my team. The difference is I think that I can withstand injuries or COVID um, illnesses much better than other rosters. When you look at my quarterbacks, I have the 7th and 8th ranked quarterbacks, at least to me, um, respectively, with uh, Josh Allen at 7, Matt Ryan at 8, and um, I think Matt Ryan is going to have a much better season this year than people are giving him credit for. Um, He tends to be an example of a pendulum with his seasons, Um, going back to 2012 just because every two years or so, it seems they switch the offensive scheme on him. So the first year, he doesn't do so great. Then he gets the system under his belt. And in that second year is when he shines. So 2012, for example, he was ranked seven. This was the second year of that offensive scheme. Then in 2013, they switched offensive schemes. He dropped to 15 in the overall quarterback ranking. Second season, he jumped back up to uh, seven in 2014. In 2015, they're like, you know what? Let's challenge him. Let's switch the offensive scheme. Keep him on his toes. And he dropped 19. Um, But you know what? It pissed him off. So in that second season, he got his highest rank of 
two overall. And uh, they're like, you know what? Good for you, bud. Let's see if you can do it again. Hate to see my franchise quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> why? Why? Um, if it ain't broke, let's fix it. So <laughs> he then uh, he dropped to uh, 15th that following year, and then uh, in 18, 2018, he was ranked number two again. Last season, they said, you know what? We're gonna do it to you one more time. So he was the 11th ranked quarterback last year, meaning that if history repeats itself, I'm in for quite the ride this season. Um, and I'm pretty stoked about it because I also got Calvin Ridley from Umark in a pretty awesome trade where I got rid of this horrible player that I had on my team. Uh, you, you may or may not know him. His name is Tyreek Hill. Player, maybe a horrible person. I think <laughs> the horrible player is <laughs> tough. Yeah, well, my bench is all about moral upstanding people, all right? <laughs> and I figured with your team of Darius Geis, um, among other criminals and uh, such, I thought Tyreek Hill would have a better fit on your team. Um, but anyway, I stole Calvin Ridley from you, and I also stole Jonathan Taylor. We've got, we got a good culture. Yeah, yeah. I feel really, much better really about my culture. team. Um, but... What I was trying to say was that um, that pairing of Matt Ryan, that stack of Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, I think that's going to be a potential for some some crazy uh, crazy weak numbers for me. Um, but I don't want to skip over my running backs, like you guys are all going to do. So my group of running backs, I think uh, I'm I'm describing them as uh, a running back by committee approach this year. Um, because I think I have a solid group of uh, running back twos um, and all of them with the exception of Devin Singletary I feel like have the upside the potential upside to be running back ones if everything works so as long as only one or two of them hit I'm golden um, I might just have some problems figuring out week to week which one to play um, but I trust my decision-making skills better than your guys so I'm uh, that's what I'm making on Devin Singletary I think he is a solid running back two um, definitely a high running back three if nothing else because uh, he's consistent he's not gonna be flashy but for me I'm gonna be playing him mostly in my flex that's what I'm counting on him for so I think for that he's gonna be solid um, and uh, yeah so I guess that brings me to my wide receivers and this is where I really think things um, look good for me. I think this is my strongest position by far um, because like it or not, I think I have the potential to be fielding three wide receiver ones this year with Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and Terry McLaurin. And that brings me to a game that I've created for you, Mark. Got a game for me. Yeah, I think uh, that can help me illustrate my point a little bit. Here we uh, the game is called Calvin Ridley or Tyree Hill. I see. Okay. <laughs> um, is this off the field or on the field stuff? Uh, on the field. I think we already know okay. the off the field winner. Um, and um, unfortunately, some of the off the field losers um, or <laughs> Tyreek's family members. But um, anyway, Calvin Ridley or Tyreek Hill. Now, Obviously, Tyreek Hill's been in the league a little longer than Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's been there for two seasons. 
So I decided to compare their first two season stats for this competition. Okay. So of those two, who had more targets in their first two seasons? I have to think back to Tyreek as a young person. So he's only been in the league for four years. He's not as old as you think he is. Um, So 2016 is when he started. Yeah. Okay. So this is, so he started with um, Alex Smith as quarterback. Correct. Correct. Okay. Who had more targets? Um, Ridley got a lot last year, then got hurt. Rookie year was a, a lot of me, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. Okay. Um, you would be correct. Tyreek Hill had 188 total targets um, over those two seasons, whereas Calvin had 185. It's actually pretty, wow. pretty even. Um, and I, I know you said that you thought that Calvin Ridley's rookie season was kind of eh, but he actually had 93 targets last year and 92 in his rookie year. They're almost identical. Okay. Yeah. He got hurt for three, four games. This last season? Yeah. So, yeah, so that does play into it as well of, you know, three or four less games. Um, But uh, the next question is, of those two who had more receiving yards... In their first two years. Yeah. Mm. So my guess would be then Calvin got more receptions, I would think, through those targets. And I'm trying to think yard-wise. I'm going to give it to Calvin here. Okay. Um, You're wrong. Um, But uh, Tyreek Hill... Squeaked by him with 1,776 yards over those two seasons combined. Calvin had 1,687 receiving yards. But still, they're like neck and neck. They're like almost the same player, which may or may not be the point I'm trying to prove. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) And then lastly, who scored more fantasy points last year? In our year. So... Off of memory, we had kind of talked about this a little bit. I know that Calvin, or we were talking about Calvin earlier. I know that he's 25th receiver. Mm-hmm. I know Tyreek missing, I believe it was it was either five or six games last year. Something like that. He, he's going to be... I'm going to give it to Calvin. I think Tyreek Hill is later in the 20s-ish. So what you're telling me is that you traded me Calvin Ridley and Jonathan Taylor and a second-round pick for an inferior wide receiver? Is that is that what I'm hearing? For a more injury-prone, not-as-good human being receiver. Yeah. Is that is that yeah. what you're saying to me? Oh, I mean, yeah, you got Tariq Cohen, too, but, I mean, sure, you can have him. That's fine. Tariq and Tyreek. I feel confident. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you were right. Calvin did have more points. Um, they were close. Calvin missed four weeks with 197 points. Tyreek missed five weeks with 188 points. Point, uh, 88.3. So, yeah. Um, 
And just because I like to raise the ante a little bit, raise the ante. I have a couple more questions for you, but I'm going to throw in a couple more players. Okay. So this is just for their rookie seasons. This is just for their rookie season stats. We've got Terry McLaurin. We've got DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, and Calvin Ridley. So I threw in another one of my receivers and then another receiver that everyone um, says had a really good year last year. Um, but of in these... DK. In DK, yeah. So of these four receivers, who has the highest average yards per catch in their rookie season? Yards per catch. So you got Tyreek, you got Ridley, you got Scary Terry, you got DK. Yards per catch. I I feel I, I'm gonna go with Tyreek. But I assume that's wrong. <laughs> uh, yes, it is wrong. It is actually Terry McLaurin. With 15.84 average yards per catch. Um, The second was actually DK Metcalf with 15.52. And then Tyreek, 14.8. And Calvin Ridley brings up the the back of the pack at 13.75. Tell me F1 McLaurin leading the pack. That's exactly what I'm telling you. However, his name is Scary Terry. Um, (laughs) But yes. Um, And... Last question. Oh, okay. And just so that it doesn't hurt so much, I'm going to take Tyreek Hill out of the equation. I'm just talking about Calvin Ridley, DK, and Terry McLaurin. Who had more touchdowns in their rookie season? Who had more touchdowns? So... I am thinking that it is. I don't feel like any of them have had a ton their rookie seasons. I kind of am feeling I could be wrong about this that they're all in that like four category of touchdowns. Um, well, I had the advantage of looking at the numbers, but so I will not <laughs> give any emotion. But they have to do that from memory. I'm going to just say, uh, I'm going to go with Calvin, but I'm not confident in that. Well, you're right and you are wrong. I see. I don't see, actually, to be honest, I'm <laughs> expanding. So, all three tied at seven touchdowns in their rookie season. Okay. Yeah. Seven. Wow. Yeah. So, it was just, it's actually not a good illustration of anything other than just like, that's a really weird. What's the coincidence? That, yeah. What what's going on? What what water are they drinking? Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was my game. All that to say, I think my wide receivers are going to be baller. I also have a notable bench. I have Deshaun Jackson and uh, Marvin Jones, who I think are both adequate fill-ins whenever bye weeks happen. Uh, my buys are actually spread out pretty well, so um, I'm not missing too many people at the same time. Obviously, whenever the Falcons um, bye week is, I'm going to lose both of those guys. Um, <laughs> and that's the other reason, Mark, why I didn't 
take you up on your uh, Todd Gurley trade opportunity um, because I might as well just go on vacation that week if I did that. Um, Knock it all out one time. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All of our, yeah, whatever. Whoever gets to play me that week, lucky you. Um, but uh, just to, to finish talking about my team, uh, I think my tight end position is pretty strong. Um, I don't have one of the top four guys. Um, but after last season in our league, I actually have the top two guy. Did you know that? Darren Waller came in second place in our scoring. He barely beat out George Kittle last year. Um, now I'm not predicting him to be able to do that again going forward. Um, I see a little regression there, but I do have Mike Gesicki that I picked up in a trade earlier in the offseason. And I think that you did. I apparently get all of my good players from you. So, yeah. Yeah, you're still ranked number one in your in your mind. We'll see. And my mind. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> the mock and hope yeah. yeah. Um which both came from me. So That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. Yikes. Um This is part of the commissioner um responsibility is to make sure that you help each other out and really secure both of you in a, in a position of power um, in order to truly be respected and honored in your league. Um, but and, anyway, and Mike, yeah. you keep, I, I don't know, I keep losing track, but Mike Kosicki, put it down now. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year with Miami. I think he has the potential to really, um, he hit it off big at the end of last year. I think he could really hit the ground running. Um, but it all depends on who the quarterback is. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick stays um, their starter, then I think I have a better chance at that coming to fruition. With Tua, I just don't have any data. Yeah, I have no idea. It could go either way. Um, but Maybe yeah, that's the security blanket. Enough. Yeah. Um, just for the sake of fairness, um, let's go through our discrepancies here. So for QB, uh, strength of position, you have me ranked number one. That was really I was going to say, I completely agree with you. I, I, I love Josh Allen with the big numbers, the scrambling aspect of things. Well, I want him to be my franchise quarterback. No, but big fantasy numbers, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Ryan, you know, Lou Jones, Calvin Ridley. I think even Todd Gurley hopes out of the backfield. I do think he has a big year this year. I was going to say, I, I think I convinced myself that seven is too low. Um, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure why I, I thought that originally. Um, I think it's just because I, I have literally no one behind them. Um, I mean, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick and I have Andy Dalton. Um, and I picked up Alex Smith. So, um, But I'm starting to become a little too much of a Washington football team homer. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that to say. Give me Tyreek for him. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I can I can do that. Um, and throw in lock and, and it's a deal. But uh, running back, we both have me at three, um, meaning that you agree with my position. Uh, wide receiver, there's a little discrepancy here. I think you just don't see them as good as I do, um, which we've exhausted already, so we won't talk about that anymore. Um, tight end. Uh, we have our, I mean, ranked pretty low, I feel like. Um, but that's yeah. just the perception. Um, but tight ends, like, it's changes so much year to year. Um, 
with the exception of the top one or two. And then, like I said, because we, uh, I have such a yeah. deep bench, I feel like my flex position is, is one of the stronger ones. So you have me ranked at five for some strange reason. Um, I have my rank nine and four. I have I have a lot of nine and four. I know. I was gonna say I think it has more to do with your um, your projecting schedule um, flaws as opposed to anything else because you know we're all tied for second basically. Um, oh, I think so. <laughs> but uh, no flaws. Yeah, none. Okay. Uh, Dynasty wise, though, we both think that I have a pretty solid team going forward. Um, just based on the fact that I have so many young players on my team and a lot of depth. But uh, that's enough about me. You ready to jump into uh, Burkholder here? Born ready. Let's do it. Alright, so we're looking at Jared Burkholder. We've got a good amount of disparity. I had him coming in at 8 in our uh, league with 5 wins. You have him at 5th. Coming in with eight wins. Uh, let's kind of go through the summary of him first, and then um, I have a, a quick game with one question for you Ooh, at the right. end. Cool. So be ready. Dak uh, Prescott, I think we both were high on him. Number two last year, and I think he'll be up there again. Uh, frankly, I kind of like him as even a, a real quarterback as well, or a franchise quarterback. Maybe not for as much money as he's asking for, but I think he's good. Oh, um, uh, then his running backs. Uh, we got them both ranked pretty low. Mixon high, as long as he stays healthy. Um, and then comes a slew of rookies at Swift. You've got Zach Moss, and then uh, you've got the Titans rookie running back as well, Evans. Yeah. Uh, and Philip Lindsay is the other veteran in the mix. Um, Right, and we we put DeAndre Swift at the top because that's how he has it in his um, schedule at the moment. I, I think I would honestly, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think his running back too for the season is most likely going to be either Philip Lindsay or Latavius Murray, whoever um, sticks out there the most. I think that's who's actually probably going to end up starting on his in his running back two spot. I think. I think Swift is going to not be the starter at the gate, but carry on. Right. Uh, I do think Zach Moss will be the two, like him and him and Devin Singletary will be the starters. And it seems like they've been hearing good stuff out of camp, but we all know not to put too much weight on camp. <laughs> right. They're all they're all lying lying season right now. Um, Zach Moss, I think though, um, if they stick with the same strategies last year, he's going to be the goal line back. So the high touchdown potential, um, but probably not as many limited carries is the, is the thought. And, um, like you said earlier, Devin Singletary is more the receiving back. Um, so we'll see how that, how that splits up, but lots of unknowns. The, uh, the much debated wide receiver position for Jared. Uh, I have an eight, you have a five. Yeah. We've got Julio Jones there. You know, third last year in our league receiver, uh, soon to be the same, DJ Chark, 1,000-yard receiver last year, uh, ranked number 21, mm-hmm. and then uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, uh, one, two for the Texans, um, and then, yeah, uh, George Kittle, can't argue with him, love him, he's my one, I haven't had a Kelsey, uh, and then yeah. Jimmy G, 
I, I, I really don't like Jimmy G. I think he was 13th quarterback last year. I think he, he lost Emmanuel Sanders, Marquise Goodwin, and got Kayvon Austin instead uh, for an already thin receiver core. I'm, I'm pretty low on Jimmy G. You don't, you don't like Dante Pettis? I don't like him. Not personally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy G either, which is why I traded him away to Jared um, off my roster for Josh Allen. Um, so thanks again. Um, so I, I can't argue with you there. So I think that's so if we're getting to the disparity and I guess I'll, I have a, a question for you here in a second. Oh, but right. the disparity okay. for me is quarterback. I think is a, it drops off. For a second, and I think receiver, he's not deep enough, and I think running back, he's got a lot of rookies. I don't know what will happen this year. Uh, question for you. Oh, Go ahead. I'm ready. You're going to say something. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I agree. I think it's it's just a depth question with Jared. I think he has a, a good, solid starting lineup, but um, not much room for error. All right, Eric, so that brings me to my question for us. I am breaking down specifically Jared's running back position to prove a point. It is a very charged question. Uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> These are my favorite the, kind of questions. <laughs> we have the top five running backs for this coming year, as I see it, in comparison to last year's top Christian McCaffrey. I said I wouldn't do it, but I always keep coming back because the number is astonishing. Uh, how many points, or I guess I'll word it this way. Who do you think scored more points? Christian McCaffrey. I don't care what you say. That's that's All my right. answer. Yeah. Tell, me the, <laughs> yeah. tell, me, tell me the question. We've got Philip Lindsay. So I'll give you his five running back. Philip Lindsay, Joe Mixon, Swift, Zach Moss and Darrington Evans. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how you say it. Um, so, <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that he outscored three players who have never taken a stab in the NFL? Very intimidating players that I thought were worth throwing in. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, given that, so the real question is, did he beat out Joe Mixon and Philip Lindsay? I'm going to well, say Swift, Swift, Moss, and Evans are there too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, they are. Um, I'm going to say he did beat them out. I, I'm still going with Christian McCaffrey because my guess is that if you had thrown Latavius Murray in there, it would have messed up the situation. That's my thoughts. Finally, to be honest, I forgot that Latavius Murray existed. Um, <laughs> okay. So, All right, Latavius. Um, um, sorry. But um, Philip Lindsay, Joe Mixon, actually, well, and Swift, Moss, and Evans beat out Christian McCaffrey last year. I was stunned. Um, what, what were those points? Do you have that? So Philip Lindsay was 241 and a half points. Okay. Mixon was 294, adding together for a 535.5 total versus McCaffrey's 520.6 total. Okay. Still pretty, pretty close. Um, top five. Barely beat out Christian McCaffrey. That's, that's the thing with uh, Philip Lindsay, too. I think he was like ranked 19th. Something like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's sneaky. I think he could really benefit Jared possibly this year. We'll see. 
he did have a lot better season than I thought he did. We do have Melvin Gordon coming down, which is why I'm a little bit lower on him. But yeah. every team in the NFL seems to go into this two running back uh, approach of things. So I guess we'll see what happens. Well, and uh, I mean, he's always ran against somebody else too. There's always been two running backs in Denver. So uh, the difference is now it's not Royce Freeman. So I think uh, I think that's a, a plus for Denver, but you're right. It could be a mark against Philip Lindsay. So. I have a little bit of a hot take, but I'll come back to it at the end. It's probably a medium hot take uh, about his team, but we'll, we'll cover that. All right, so we'll hold, we'll hold off there. Um, okay, so that just leaves Connor in our division, last and least um, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, buddy. I, I really didn't want to do this because I, I feel like your drafting strategy is actually really strong. Um, but I think this year is going to be rough. I think going forward, I think you have some, um, a lot more potential and with the right moves, you can definitely move up quickly. Um, but for this upcoming season, you actually, Mark, have him ranked higher than I do. You have him ranked ninth. I have him ranked 12th. Um, but as you already saw our breakdown of projections, we're all pretty evenly dispersed with the exception of Mark's um, 0 and 13 um, for P. Noer. Um, but, sure, well, uh, I kind of yeah. walked back into that. We'll talk that's, about it. Yeah, we'll that's, that's next episode where Mark gets to try to you know remove that foot from his mouth. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, f- so for uh, Connor's roster here, let's start at the top. Uh, Russell Wilson, and Matt Stafford, I think those are a solid pairing of quarterbacks. Um, I think they're also both, um, they're not as old as people think they are. They've been around for a while, but they, they're in there like, I think they're both like 31, 32, somewhere in there. Like they, they've got a couple real good seasons left, I'm sure. Um, also, Matt Stafford got injured last year, and I think um, this next season he's going to be much more effective, uh, which is why we put him at three and four. Um, in our QB rankings for running back, um, we have him both pretty low. Mark has him at 11. I have him at 10th. Um, and I'm looking at it and I think it has everything to do with depth, not necessarily the specific people. Um, because I think Kenyon Drake is going to ball out this year. Um, I think he is going to definitely have the potential to be uh, top 10 in running back, maybe even top five if everything fell according to plan for them. Um, but after that, it gets real messy real fast. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to be great going forward, but I'm not sure that he can um, take over for Mark Ingram at the beginning of the season. I think halfway through the season is when we're going to start seeing Connor use J.K. Dobbins more often and actually getting some solid points from him. Um, but to start the season right now, he has Sony Michelle in his running back two slot. And I am not uh, a big fan of Sony Michelle, not necessarily because he's a bad runner, but because he's on a team that um, he can and easily be, he can easily be written out of a game script for sure. Yeah. Bill yeah. Belichick has ruined many a fantasy team with his running back. It drop you high. Decision making. <laughs> yeah. You have um, a meteoric drop at times. All right. There you go. Now you used it correctly. Meteors go down. Yeah. 
Um, then he has an okay wide receiver in Michael Thomas. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously that is his best player. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to have a solid year again. Um, I don't think he's going to be the overall wide receiver one this year, um, but he definitely could be. I just, um, I think the likelihood of him being able to repeat is not like without somebody else doing something crazy too. I just don't think he's going to be number one. But Daniel you know, Sanders being in the fold, like right? He's gonna... <laughs> exactly. No, it's on my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, way to throw that one in there, Mark. Now I'm talking more about like, you know, he's going to fall real far to like two or three for the year. You know, um, yeah. but Keenan Allen, I think, um, has a lot of potential to be good. Um, he's been great in the past, obviously. He just, if he gets injured, that's, that's a problem. And sometimes he just disappears, but they switched their quarterback. He's now got Tyrod Taylor, um, which means, um, that's probably going to be less passing, um, than when they had Philip Rivers there. Um, but not that Philip Rivers was like heating it up there, but uh, it, at the end, um, but I think overall they're going to play a much safer ground game. But if Herbert ever takes over this year. Right, exactly. Um, so there's just a lot of unknowns at quarterback there. That's that's my only hesitancy with him. But I think as a, a wide receiver two slash three, I think he's going to be great. Um, Michael Pittman, I think he's going to struggle at the beginning of the season just because he's a rookie. He's not going to have the time to be able to um, develop like maybe in other past seasons, but I think he is a solid starter going forward um, in years ahead. And maybe he can contribute in the back half of this year. Uh, I am pretty stoked about his tight ends. Um, I know I have him ranked 10th here um, just because that ranking is based on what they have accomplished before. But I have a pretty hot take surrounding both of his tight ends as well. I will also hold off. Um, for a few more moments, but either way, I think they're both going to have they have breakout potential this year in Hayden Hurst and Johnny Smith. And I mean, I think that's mostly what I have for him. Um, oh, I didn't really talk about his other notable wide receivers on this bench. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think. I like him. Yeah, I, I think he actually has the potential to break into his starting lineup there. Um, I'd almost put Curtis Samuel there instead of Michael Pittman, personally. I would. I think um, he has it this way on sleeper right now. Yeah, but honestly, honestly that might just be automatic filling from the rookie draft too. So I don't, I don't think we can take it too seriously just yet. But yeah, Curtis Samuel will probably be his wide receiver three, um, and with Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball now, um, I think that has some potential. He's going to be the wide receiver two of that team for sure. Um, right behind uh, DJ Moore. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, Traquan Smith, he's going to have some big games, but um, I don't really see him as anything more than a bi-week filler so, or a playing a hot hand matchup. Yeah. But yeah, anything you have to add to that? Oh, I guess, it, sorry, I just asked you a question then interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I like Curtis Samuel. I think for him, um, I think we're both in agreement. Depth is his biggest thing. Yeah. I'm kind of projecting out like if everything goes well, uh, getting uh, sneak in with five wins um, 
catching some people in the right weeks. I think that Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen, there's like there's still that potential that that's the best duo in our league, but we also have to see what it looks like without Philip Rivers yep. back there. So I think some weeks he's going to be real hot, do real well. You hit on it. I think he's got some good studs moving forward between Dobbins, Michael yeah. Pittman, and they sure a little bit. But with the right um, rebuild strategy, I think he could definitely, in the next couple seasons, make this a, a solid contender. Um, just get rid of some of that that trash. So, I, I don't know what that means. But um, <laughs> on that note, um, I'm going to end this episode with some Heater's Hot Tapes. He's on fire! So, Mark, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. I'll let you you round it out to end it. I think you have two uh, hotter takes. So, yeah. so you'll start with the lukewarm take, and then I'll bring it home. Got it. Lukewarm, barely reaching the cusp of hot, in my opinion. Tepid. You've got tepid. So uh, this goes to Tepid Jared. takes. <laughs> tepid takes. Oh, that was good alliteration, too. Right? Um. So this goes to Jared. I think it's kind of um, another point to our disparity a little bit. Um, I have so he has Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, which I kind of didn't realize are one and two when I was first looking at his roster and the Houston Texans with Deshaun tossing around. So I personally do not like either of them as football players. Um, I think that they're both kind of they're prone, semi-similar, pretty much pretty similar build. My take, done a lot of leading in, my take is that neither of them will finish at the wide receiver two for fantasy, though they're one two for the Texans. You know, I don't think it's as lukewarm as you think it is. Um, I think that's a pretty hot take because I think it's a pretty dumb take. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we will see how it plays out. Um, I mean, the ball has to go somewhere, Mark. And I mean, that... Makes sense. That's a yeah. good argument. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, though. It's like it's definitely going to be a different-looking team this year than last year. Um, I think they're just going to feed David Johnson after the very poor decision that should have been <laughs> right. to trade for him, that they're going to have to be like, all right, well, now let's prove it. Let's just give him the ball on every single down and see what happens. Let's go see David Johnson, like, hurling on the field every, <laughs> every week. Uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, all right. So I actually have two hot takes. Um, one of them is for my own team because I am vain. Um, <laughs> and uh, then the other one is the one I alluded to earlier. So I'm going to start with the one I alluded to earlier. I think that both Hayden Hurst and Jonu Smith are going to end up breaking the top 10 tight ends in fantasy this year. I really do. I think they both have the potential to break out. Um, I think that Jonu Smith could play a Mark Andrews-like role in the Titans' offense this year, um, just based on the, the ability of those two players. I, th- I think I see a lot of um, similarities. And then I think the tight ends are going to see what the Ravens did last year and continue to be run heavy, but then sprinkle in a little bit more passing than they did last year, just to mix it up. And my last hot take... I think I, <laughs> thank you. Um, I, was, I was a little startled, but I'm ready now. Um, 
all three of my starting wide receivers are going to end up wide receiver ones. That's 2020 hot. fantasy season. If mine was tepid, yours is meteoric. <laughs> all right. Um, and starting next week, we're putting a ban on the word meteoric for these episodes. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all for it. Um, but uh, I think Mark's worked it out of the system. So, yeah. You want to say it one more time? This is your last chance. Meteoric. <laughs> See you guys next week.